Her love looks like it's affectionate. Yeah. Um, warm. Yeah. And yeah, loving. I, I don't know another word for, for, for loving, <laughs> but yeah, my my, my wife's um, yeah brilliant mother. Uh, very good values. Yeah, ed- educated. She's the she's the complete package. I yeah. Think. Yeah. Like, uh, she's beautiful. Yeah, um, she's, yeah she's, so, uh, she's quite easy on the eyes. Yeah, yeah. so, you know, um, I, can't, I can't sing her any more praise. I want to read more to my kids. Yeah. Um, I don't, like, I've got young kids, nine yeah, yeah. and nine, six and three. Yeah. Um, very heavy on the nine-year-old. We read a lot to him and, and yeah. he was very part of our night routine. Yeah. Um, and just don't do enough of it with the with the young kids. I love doing it. I, don't, I feel you don't get that time back where mm. you know you, you're reading these little stories and, and stuff. Yeah. So I that's something that I've I've dropped off a bit. What is ego? Ego is something that I feel can be confused with confidence. I think it's the evil twin to confidence. Elaborate. If you're confident, um, and you're confident in your ability, and you're doing something, that's confidence. That's yeah. that's that's all right. And it's ego, all right to express. It's that. A, it's it's okay to express that. Mm. Ego is when you have a lot of that confidence going in the right way. Yeah. Um, and you probably let it alter how you affect, and and ego can be your worst enemy. Yeah. Um, but confidence can be your best mate. Complete the sentence, mate. Greatest gift my wife's ever given me. Love. Well, dear listeners, it's the month of February 2024, and here we are, yet another episode. Hello there, Chipster. How are you, Bernie? A journey with Bernie and Chip. And Chip. <laughs> How's your week been, pal? Uh, mate, it's been really good. It's been very busy. Uh, yeah. But here we are. This is the highlight of the week. I'm mate, just happy focus, to be here. focus on Louise Bennett, mate. Hey, wasn't that a delightful opportunity to learn through poetry, mate? Yeah, fantastic. Hey? You know, that's my jam, too. <laughs> you know, I get a bit of poetry and they get a bit of the written word. I'm a sucker for it. Mate, how are we going? Subscribers, fellowship. Now, the people listening and responding, or what What are they doing they out really there? They really are, yeah. No, yeah, no yeah. momentum's fantastic. That's great. Our uh, response to Margarita's episode last week is really yeah, good. Really good, wasn't it? Yeah. Really, really good. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, amazing yeah, yeah. what can happen when we put a little bit of effort into marketing. Right? <laughs> No, mate, we're loving the journey, and I hope yeah. you too, dear listeners, are loving the journey. And I tell you what, talking of poetry, we got a man who used to dance with poetry. <laughs> a, uh, a warrior scholar poet. But not, not in Dancing with the Stars, <laughs> but in the – hey, mate, if I said the boxing ring, that's not quite right, Dane, is it? Uh, not really, yeah. No? Yeah. What do you call the Muay Thai ring? Exactly that. Uh, <laughs> it's just a Thai boxing ring. So, so it's same, like a box. It's the same spec, like same lengths. Same. And, and widths. Yeah, same yeah, 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 yeah. 
We have Dane Beauchamp here now, dear people. If you're if you're interested in sport, your possibility you're going to know his name because he's been a world champion in the. Um, uh, it's not a martial arts, mate. Is it is? Yeah, yeah, yeah I've got a, got the nod there in the martial arts of Muay Thai, mate. Some people are out there going Muay who? Mm. Right? Tell us what is Muay Thai? What is the is the martial art all about? So yeah, so uh, Muay Thai is. Thai boxing is yeah. another name for it. Uh, it's a national sport in Thailand. Yeah. Um, best way to explain it is it's kickboxing with knees and elbows. Yeah. Um, it's pretty violent, um, but yeah, very very interesting sport. But mate, the one that I see in the in the in the cages at the moment where they Conor McGregor mm. stuff that's the same stuff, isn't no, it? No, no, no. So yep. So MMA. Um, you can go to the ground, right? I and, see, and they wrestle um, and do jujitsu and whatnot on the ground. Yeah, Thai boxing's stand up and striking. Yeah, you mm. do hold on and clinch um, knee, but if it goes to the ground, they stop. You're, you're back you, up. You're back so. up there. Okay, yeah. is that the is that the one difference between? Yeah, no ground game at all. Oh, okay. Thai boxing. Yeah. Okay, mate. Yep. Now, buddy, you you were our world champ. How many world titles did you have? <laughs> um, just one. So it was a interim world title too. Yeah. Thai boxing is a strange, but like no one really, when you get to that sort of level, no one really cares about the belts. It's not about, it's about how many fights you have. It's about mm. um, who you fight and, and where you fight. So, um, and anything can happen. So I'm, I'm uh, matched to fight this uh, Japanese Thai guy Genki Nakamaru or something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Loved your opponent's names. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Genki it's Na- that kind of respect. <laughs> uh, anyway, he um, fell off a bike in Thailand and ended up injuring himself. Yeah, um, that was actually the end. The end of his career. Yeah, mm. um, oh, but. So I, I ended up fighting another Australian. They quickly chucked in. So I don't really hold that as too high. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's it's all about who you fought, where you fought, um, you know. Was this a professional career? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So I I, um, I fell in love with it young. I was, um, yeah, I was, I was a sporting family, rugby league family, played rugby league, too small, um, Made the switch. Mm, I feel you. <laughs> Made the switch to something a bit, bit more even. So, you know, it's weight category, and yeah. um, and I loved it. I'm, I love the contact. I love the um, the heavy training and 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 everything. And I could see, um, you know, it was a real subculture sort of scene. And you know, these guys would would go to Thailand for months at a time and live there and mm. and come back. And when they came back, they'd they'd fight on these shows and be like ridiculous um and then you know they all just lived this this life where it all revolved around their sport yeah Um, yeah so i always i always loved that and early on it's always thrown in the conversation for an olympic sport yeah so if you that's been going on the whole time being in the sport still not there yeah Mm. but as a young person that sort of drove you along with with that opportunity lingering and then um yeah, I started training and and fighting, and the um, my trainer actually handpicks his fighters, so he came and got me from another gym and um, and a few other boys, and we started training there. And it was a super high level. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, real, real eye-opener. Uh, so what was your professional record, pal? Um, 40 fights, nah, 50 I fights? Think I had about 78. Wow, I think. professional yeah. fights. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah? And uh, uh, how many on the on the victory side? How many, well, how many losses well, did you have? Well, I lost 11. Yeah, okay. Um, and I had a draw. So, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a pretty good career. Mm. Mate, it's, it's none of our business when it comes to money talk and things like that, but just give us a bit of a feel. What was the biggest take-home money prize you, you won as a result of a, a professional fighting career in yeah, Muay Thai? That, there's, no, there's absolutely no money. It's like it's a um, – I think the biggest purse I got was probably eight grand. Okay. Win or lose, like that's yeah. your – but you, you made a lot of money in the sponsorship okay. stuff and on the outside, like, um, you know, you get an extra two or three grand if you wear this guy's logo, that sort of stuff. Yeah, so yeah, you could yeah. walk away. That was towards the end of my career too, once I built up a name. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but it's it's not a career for, for money. Like I feel my era was at that stage, in especially in – Queensland, it was bigger than boxing. Yeah. So the money was pretty good. Um, Foxtel regularly, big shows, um, regular shows too. So yeah. you you could you could constantly fight, um, and so it was all right. It, it was it was enough for me to get by, but I always worked. Yeah. Well. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But the jobs were always okay. um, revolved around. And how training. much time did you spend in Thailand? Heaps. I spent heaps of time there. Yeah. Um, I yeah love it there. I think it's important if you uh, do Thai boxing to to get over there and and experience it. Um, hardest some of those camps were the hardest things mm. I've ever done. I bet they were, mate. Um, Please yeah. tell me you were training in air conditioned halls. Absolutely, <laughs> <not>. <laughs> absolutely. I can't not. imagine the humidity and asbestos roof. Um, yeah, dirty rotten creek behind that stank. Yeah. Uh, just right in the northern parts of Bangkok. Yeah. No plants anywhere. It's a concrete jungle. Is is it was um yeah, it's a real eye opener, full on and mm. and yeah, just tough. What an incredible uh existence, mate. You know, now now forgive me for saying so I heard before that you're age thirty nine or nearly nearly hitting the big four O. Yep. Um so when did you when did, when was your last fight? Um my last fight was actually boxing fight um in 2015 okay um purely my trainer was overseas um the the Thai boxing scene was sort of slowing down um my trainer was a big uh promoter as well so that sort of slowed the shows down um and I wanted to start off boxing I just went to a boxing gym on the wrong day yeah and fell in love with (laughs) with this so it was, it was sort of this little itch I wanted to scratch. So, um, and then yeah, once I, I knew, pretty much, cutting weight for that fight. Yeah, that this is probably the last time I'm doing. So, so the picture I've got is 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 you said you started into Muay Thai, um, uh, 
martial art fighting um, at a fairly early age. Am I imagining pre-10? Yeah. No, 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 about 13. 13 years yeah. of age. So I've got about 13 to 30. Yeah. Is around about your 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 time frame of being involved and this sport dominating your existence. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What what did you learn about Dane Bochamp in that time? Yeah. Beecham. Beecham. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I tried that Beauchamp shit earlier <laughs> when I first met him. And, and did you cop one? Yeah. yeah, was, yeah that his, was that, that, he that was his, polite. Was that his 62nd fight, <laughs> mate? I wouldn't call it a fight, but an unsanctioned fight. <laughs> yeah. I what? have been in the ring with him, but that's another story. <laughs> what it's did you fun. learn about Dane? Oh, mate, I, I say this regularly, like um, Thai boxing in – and me being involved in that sports framework of who I am, it's it's built me and um, yeah, I, t- I I regularly mm. take lessons from that sport. It, it was it was hard at the start. Like I I went to, you know I had to go to my mum and tell her I want to be a professional type boxer. She's like, what the fuck's that? <laughs> um, and and no, mate, remember, you've, only not. Got ten, you've only got ten fucks for the whole yeah, episode, so, mate. So there's so one, okay? Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she she was she was against it, and and that's like, and I'm glad she like because yeah, she was like, what are you, what are you talking about? Like, there's yeah. there's no one to look at and go, oh yeah, like him, you know what yeah. I mean? Um, so she was against it um, right from the start. But over the years, when when she saw that I was like, you know, I turned down a fitting and turning apprenticeship, um, you know, I. I I, everything revolved around this sport and I was making it work. Um, she started realizing, you know, that, and again, and then she sort of got on board. Yeah. Um, but she was realizing that, you know, that this was, it was defining who I am. Like I had all of the noise. You're not going to have this. You're not going to have that. Turn in a fitting and ten, ten, uh, turning apprenticeship down. Yeah. You're an idiot. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you're not going to have this. You're not going to have that. Everyone's, all my mates buying new cars and houses, and and I'm you know struggling. Um, so despite all train. that noise, mate, you got a lot of distraction mm. in and around you. You got a lot of loved ones there saying, you know, what the heck are you doing, Dane? Mm. You know, why did you stick at it? There wasn't any other another option. the The issue was it's what I'm doing. Um, all the people within the sport are like, you've got something. You got the goods. Do it. Mm, and my yeah. trainer is, you know, my trainer is the Wayne Bennett of um, yeah. Thai boxing. So I've got all these people in the sport going, go for it. You know, we figure it out as you go. You're not going to be, you're not going to be able to be a 40 year old Thai boxer. Yeah. You know what I mean? You've, you've got a time frame. Um, you've got ability and drive and everything that we need. Yeah. Um, the issue is, I live in Australia where it's expensive. Um, I still needed a car. You know, I had to strip yeah. all the bills back. I had to move back in with my mum at one stage. Yeah. And then I moved in with the other boxers and we all lived in places. But it was all so – you become a family at your gym. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't too bad because I did keep a job the whole time. I was very lucky with one of the boys from the gym's dad. Yeah. Um, would let me work from 9 o'clock and then i finish at, um, you know, 3.30, you know. Yeah. To go to the gym, so he he was all for me. Yeah, super. So you did have some supportive environment. I there. had a yeah. very very big support yeah, uh, yeah. from from Trev, my old boss. Yeah. Um, at yeah, so massive. He he's married to a Thai 
Yeah. Um, yeah. So he gets the sport, and he he knew that I was good enough, and he yeah. he, he got right behind me. So yeah, oh, very grateful there. I think there, there's an important little lesson in there too, from my perspective, um, because self belief so important. Obviously, DK's got it in spades, but as you said, there were people in the sport saying you've got something, because I think you know self belief is wonderful, but you you don't want to be delusional about it too. So it's yeah. always good to be looking for independent verification. You got that? Like that? Like that? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. you would. I don't think you would have got nearly as much of that support structure around you yeah. if you couldn't show these people I've got something here. You know? Yeah, and, and they, could- they were sort of the only benchmark. Yeah. Mm. So, you know, there was. A little blueprint of what could do, yeah. Uh, you know, like uh, we still had; they still lived, they still pay rent. You know, yeah. I mean, it's just you—you you had a real lot of noise at the start because it was so different. Mm. Yeah, it was completely different. Like no yeah. one really knew what it was. This subculture where they're still in pubs, they're just starting to get in stadiums, and yeah, and it's starting to get on TV, and it's starting yeah. to get a bit more. So I was at the right sort of rise yeah but heaps of noise at the start just yeah heaps heaps of heaps of barriers i'm still searching for the why that is why were you so drawn to it why were you so attracted to it what was it about dane that needed to do this why did it call you so strongly what was what was missing in your life that you said this is going to fill it you know it probably sounds a bit corny but we like corny <laughs> it sounds a bit corny but i only realized this um as i get older yeah as i got older but I, I truly believe I'm a warrior. I, I truly believe that. You put me in another time, I'm doing the same thing. Yeah. Um, I truly b- believe that. And and I had this sporting background. Like my family was very active and um, I knew I just wanted to be an athlete. Yeah. But I, I truly believed that, you know, I'm a warrior and that's how my brain is. Yeah. Um, I need – I like contact. I need. I need intense pressure. I yeah. love the chaos. Yeah. Um. My mm. my my brain's chaotic. I, I, <laughs> I love. I love the the, the chaos. Um, but I feel as if we're getting into something here that's that's really fascinating. Like it it's it's the call to men, I assume. Yeah. To be. A warrior? No, you've got an eye, eye. Eyes are going up and down there to say, guess what? There are women who are warriors too. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I. It's not about um. When uh, I say warrior, I said warriors, they're not warriors. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, when I say yeah, warrior, I, I don't mean like, you know, tomahawk. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's mm. an element of that. Yeah. I mean mentally, you know, a warrior. Um, Define what a warrior so, is. So you know, you've, you've got to be. Um, You've got to be ready for adversity. You've got to be ready for, um, you know, any sort of problems to arise and, and, uh, and you're, I don't know, you're ready for it. Mm. Like, ready for struggle. Ready, right? f- ready, for, ready for whatever comes. Yeah. And, and um, 
Yeah, I don't know if I'm explaining that. I can't really explain no, it. I'm going to go to the chipster here because he listens to this type of stuff. This is why we got the chipster here, mate. He adds an intellect that guess what? I don't know about you, pal, but I haven't got. You know, <laughs> how do you, how do you define the warrior? Uh, for me, it's boil it down. It's it's someone who's ready for the fight. Yeah. You know, I mean, adversity is going to come in many forms. Sometimes it's not something that you actually have to fight against. Now, a warrior is ready to fight. Well, has the born co- to, but you're almost yeah. saying it's part, it's innate. It was an innate part of you. I, f- I feel like you yeah. were born mm. to hate- be ready for the fight, as yeah. if it's going to be inevitable. Mm, yeah. yeah, I I think you know my family growing up too. We had a bit of a checkered sort. Of like we adopted three cousins. Um, it was wow. a, there was a lot of trauma and stuff going on with when uh, my auntie and uncle mm. passed away, things like that. Being around a bit of trauma and a bit of that stuff, I think maybe. If I sat with a psychologist, they'd probably, they might be able to tell you a little bit. I don't, I, I don't know. I truly believe that I, I'm ready for for um, for whatever mm. brings. I'm, I'm aware that life has obstacles and challenges and that, yeah. and I feel ready for them. Speak to us about – you mentioned it before. Speak to us about discipline. Mm. What, what I can imagine the discipline that you had in your life, but I'm mean, now talking about the value – of discipline. I mean, people hear it all the time. Should we discipline our child? Um, what self-discipline should we impose upon ourselves? Is it important to have such discipline? What's the value of being disciplined? I think being disciplined is, is ultimately, is the ultimate self-love. Wow. If that's you're, a biggie. Yeah. Well, if you're disciplined, um, chances are you, you've sat down and you've thought about what you want. Yeah, and you're going after it, mm. yeah. and you're not letting anything stop it. And then once that starts steamrolling, you know, discipline just becomes a part of your life. Yeah, and, yeah. People yeah. would say to me, "Oh, you're, you're you're so disciplined. Like you go to training and rah rah." And I'm like, "This is my life. I love it. You know mm. what I mean? It was disciplined maybe at the start, but now it's part of my life." Yeah. Um, yeah, because it, you know, it allows you to live your purpose. Like discipline is the engine that drives your purpose. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. If you, if you're truly disciplined, um, you know, you don't. People get this the wrong idea of discipline. It's just this brain dead robot that just does what they want. They they've thought about what they want and they're going after it. Yeah, and they mm-hmm. they put the things in process. You know. I love that. Yeah, yeah, I love it. And and you truly you see you see people that go a bit too far off the edge. Yeah, addiction wise or something. Yeah, the ones that come back are the ones that heavily discipline themselves. Yeah, and get a heavy routine. Yeah, and mm. it, then it becomes their life. Yeah, and the the drug addiction or the addictions of what they they slowly diminish. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying that's for everyone, but yeah, sure. from what I've experienced in that area, yeah, it's discipline that brings them back. What I, what I like about what you're saying is there may be effort and energy to create the routine and to be disciplined to the routine, but at the end of the day, it becomes so habitual that the effort and the and the desire dimish- diminishes. It, it diminishes, and it becomes part of your lifestyle. Mm. But I think you're saying a little bit more than that. It actually becomes a foundation of your self worth and your self value. 
remembering that what are we being disciplined about? Mm. About activity that we've we had decided in the first place best serves us. Mm. Yeah? Yeah. Does that make sense to you, Chip? Mm, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, like I think about in, in my own personal life, and I know it sounds funny about what I'm disciplined about compared to what I thought, what I think you were disciplined about <laughs> back in your in your heyday. But I, I seek a discipline around going to, going to sleep before 10 o'clock, mm. right? Because at my stage of life, if I go to bed before 10, I know I'm going to wake up between 5 and 5.15. And if I wake up between 5 and 5.15, I can walk the, the Brisbane River here. I can have most of it to myself, a beautiful reflective state in the morning. I can find my little rock, do my meditation, then zip up to Joey's for a coffee and a reading of the book. And I can have all this done before 8 o'clock. And here's the beauty of it is I feel in the best possible state for the day ahead. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm ready for the day and it's all been done by eight o'clock through a number of activities that actually started before 10 o'clock the previous night, you know. Mm. And here's the interesting thing. When I don't do that, this is actually a part of annoyance. Mm. (laughs) Like if I've been out the night before and I haven't got home till 11.30, it throws the whole routine out and I just don't quite feel... Um, the same mm. as a, as a mm. result of it. Yeah. Do you feel less intentional? You know, because I think discipline allows you to live with such intention. I, I like that. I like that intention towards what and you guys have mentioned it before. You mentioned the word purpose. Mm. Yeah. You know, the the activity is activity that we decide meets our purpose. Mm. It meets our best intention. So, in fact. The routine and being disciplined to it actually is serving our best self and our purpose. Yeah, that's what I think. You know, and and, and, um, that's a a wonderful way to live. It's interesting that you – I don't think it needs to – pervade the whole day. Like I'm more routined and disciplined in my mornings. Yeah. Mm. And – Around about, I have another one that, that, that arises around from about 4.30 onwards because my intense exercise is from 4.30 onwards. Yeah. You know, it's, it'll be between 4.30. Occasionally, it'll drift out to 7.30 on a Monday nights when I go to Harry's Boxing yep. down there. And no plug there for you, Harry. Yeah, good on you. Well, I tell you what, it's a fantastic place down there. And I'm, only <laughs> down there I'm only down there at 6.30 because it's so bloody hot at the moment. I, I'd lose about three gallons of fluid. Yeah, you know? it's, a, it's a toasty summer. <laughs> But if not, during the winter, it'll be 5.30. So between 4.30 and 6.30 is exercise time, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What about you, Chip? How are you going in the routine discipline stakes? Uh, Not as good as I'd like, but I can absolutely echo the sentiment that when I stick to the good routine, when it's getting up, when it's feeding the dogs, then meditating, then unpacking the dishwasher, then straight into the office, you know, to get the work done. I mean, that's the... That's yeah. the structure that I know. I know works. It works every time. Well, I think, I think actually the question I want to throw at you, therefore, is when you don't do that, what feeling does it create? Um, a feeling of being more adrift. Um, the structure's gone. I feel like I'm not hitting the targets. Yeah, and so and le- less intentional, less yeah. purpose, yeah. and then you're expending more uh, mental energy making decisions about what you're 
catching up on next, you know. Mm. And, you know, it never becomes total chaos, but it's yeah. it's so much less Embrace satisfying. Embrace chaos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, I'm, yeah. Do, I'm doing my best. <laughs> yeah, you uh, can't get – you can't do – if you've got routines yeah. and, you know – and it's because like there's there's this little thing called life that gets in the way sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. you can't, you know, you can't beat yourself up. You just got to have, you just got to remind yourself that of the discipline that hey, yeah. okay, look, like my, my child's crook. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can't go to training. I've got yeah. to, you know, blah blah blah. Mm. You just got to re- reinforce to itself that hey, yeah, now I've got this, and that's where the discipline kicks in. Yeah. And and you re- rebound back. Um, so you, you can't be too, that's where people get caught up and then they'll, they'll, they'll miss a day and then they drop it all. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. It's that, that's part of building the discipline and the resilience. Yeah. Everything's going to happen. Something's going to happen. And, um, you've just got to quickly turn it on or, or recover. Yeah. I'll get it back. I love your example there because I, my belief is it's okay for a higher principle to kick in, challenge your discipline on one day, but because it's a higher principle, love for your child, mm. it's actually the discipline towards the higher principle mm. there, <laughs> right, that is that is more important. So I can actually come out of that feeling even better because I've actually re- reacted and responded to something which is is more valuable to me mm. <laughs> than even my daily routine. Yeah, you know? I don't yeah, think yeah. I wouldn't say that's a challenge to the discipline. That's a challenge to the routine. Yeah, mm. uh, that that a reliance on your discipline then allows you to keep fulfilling the purpose, right? Yeah, yeah. What I think what what I was sounding like I was doing there, and I do do this too too often, is rely on the routine yeah. as opposed to the discipline. What yeah. DK is saying is you've got to build that discipline, yeah. rely on that. The discipline is not going to fail. Yeah. The routine might fail. Mm. Your motivation absolutely is going to fail. Yeah. And that's when the discipline takes over. Yeah. And that's why discipline is such a gift. So the chips, huh? If this was chips loaded question number three, <laughs> a number three. I it's number is. four in my head now, <laughs> but let's go. I know there'll be a one and a two, but this is number three. What question around routine and discipline would we, would we be asking our listeners right now? Um, I'd be asking, what is, the, what is the thing that you can do right now to – no, it, in tomorrow morning, and you have to make the decision to do it before you go to bed the night before. Don't be wasting time deciding what you're going to do on the morning of. You figure out what you're going to do tonight, yeah. and you do it in the morning. Now, what is that thing that you can do to start building that discipline with the understanding it's a construction project? It's going to take a while, but you've got to start with something. Yeah, good, good, good. So good, what's, good, that, good. what's that little routine thing that you're going to be doing every morning from now on? That's how you start. Round the table, round the table, right? Start with you, Chip, right? What, what, is, what is one routine, one activity that you wished was part of your, your day on an ongoing, regular, constant basis and you're quite, you haven't quite nailed it yet? Journaling. Elaborate. Uh, I'm the kind of person, uh, like I'm a big talker, I'm a big writer. I often don't really know exactly what I think about something until I've written about it or if I've talked it out with somebody. Journaling is a way of doing that with just yourself. When would it be best for you to do your journaling? (sighs) End of the day, I reckon. Then you can look back, you reflect on the day, start to make sense of things that happened. Maybe you pick up something you didn't quite see. Is it a 9 p.m. activity for you? Yeah, it'd be right before bed. Yeah, yeah. start. 
I, yeah. and I do it. Yeah. I take a, a leaf out of the book of my beautiful wife. She just does one sentence a, a night right before bed. That's wow. it, you know. Wow, yeah. Mm. Mine is mine is just before bed too. You know, and it's I've I've often thought about the value and the power of writing down the night before the three things that you must do the next day. Mm. Because I always sense that if I go to sleep having already decided what tomorrow looks like, right, I'll wake up with momentum. <laughs> yeah. Because the mind's already set towards those three things. And I love the here's a second one. And I love the question He's pumped up now. That you should be asking, that I should be asking before I go to go to sleep, and is what is the boldest thing mm. that I should do tomorrow? What's the one thing that's the boldest thing that I could do tomorrow that would move things forward, accelerate them quickly mm. and I should do that the night before. I reckon in the half hour before I you know the eyes start to close. Um, boldest thing, three things I must do tomorrow. Yeah. Mm. Dane, what's the one thing that you'd love to be doing? You're not quite doing it. Well I had this conversation with my beautiful wife last night. Um, <laughs> Good time. I want to read more to my kids. Yeah. Um I don't like I've got young kids, nine yeah. and nine, six and three. Yeah. Um, very heavy on the nine-year-old. We read a lot to him, and and yeah. it was very part of our night routine. Yeah. Um, and just don't do enough of it with the with the young kids. I love doing it. I don't, I feel you don't get that time back where mm. you know you you're reading these little stories and and stuff. Yeah. So I that's something that I've I've dropped off a bit. Um, and I want to start, yeah, getting getting back to it. What time do the boys go to bed? <laughs> uh, we we've got we've got seven thirty. Uh, <laughs> He's as, doing air quotes as, as the for base as the base. Um, but yeah, look, my my kids are, are night owls, and they they get out and about. Um, but what's interesting, mate, if you actually did the, if you had the alarm clock on your on your on your phone and it went off at seven fifteen, yeah, and Dad just said read time, yeah, well, that's all, what I mean. That's boy, what we used to do. The boys would probably yeah. get excited yeah. about it, jump yeah. into bed with you, yeah. and next thing you're actually preparing them for the bed as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, so yeah, that's yeah. what that's what we do. Gets, yeah. Life gets in the way, like I said before, and everything yeah. gets hectic and whatnot. But that's yeah. what we used to do. The only thing is, mate, can I advise you? You can't sort of like read to them, mate. The, you know, the epic fight between Jimmy Carruthers <laughs> yeah. and Big yeah. Howie, or mate, yeah. or the Johnny uh, Famishon, you know, Horatio's you know, on the bridge. They've, you know. they've had the um, Costa Zoo biography <laughs> read to them, played out with action. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, shadow boxing, yeah. <laughs> buddy. There's so much to learn, and you know, for our listeners here, it, 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 the irony of all this is, it's a podcast about love, joy, and happiness, right? And yet, we're learning through the activity of a fighter, you know. But the the metaphor in the fight game too. Um, that I've tried to consider, and I've never quite got there, down at Harry's Boxing. I've always wanted to have one spa in my life. But, mate, when you're in your 60s, Harry keeps on looking at me and shaking yeah. his head and saying, <laughs> yeah. not a great idea, buddy. <laughs> yeah. No, I used to get this a bit too um, because some guys would they're like, oh, I'll, never, I'll never get to do Thai boxing and fight, so we can do some light sparring with shin pads, but yeah. I want to feel what it's like with – with getting really kicked yeah. and, and um, you know, how it is. And, you know, I'm like, 
You're 58 years old. Like, <laughs> fuck kick why? Kick you in the leg. <laughs> It'll snap it off. Um, the yeah. answer is no. <laughs> Unfortunately, you've missed the boat. You've had, yeah. you've had your time in the yeah. sun. This okay, is just, mate. And, they're, and they're like, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. No mate, worries. you're looking at me with daggers in no. your eyes, mate. I think yeah. yes. No. <laughs> but my question is, is around this because surely it's a great metaphor for life too. Like in the boxing ring, to win a fight, you've, you've got to be an – an aggressor, you've got to land more punches than your opposition. Um, you've got to be able to attack with power, right time, right place. And yet at the same time, exactly the same time, life in the form and shape of your opponent is also doing the same to you. Mm. So my, my question is, is what is that like to be the aggressor but also to be receiving the punches of the opponent. How do you handle that? How do you cope with that? What's the mindset around all that? Well, first and foremost, it comes with the territory. Yeah. You, you don't enter into combat sports without realising that you're going to get hit. But we could call life a combat sport too. Mm. So you're actually saying to everybody here now, it comes with the territory comes, comes of life. With, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, and, you know, the – the 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 quicker you can realize back to the fighting which it correlates obviously but the quicker you can realize that hey I'm I'm wasting my time thinking about what this guy's going to do or how hard this guy's going to hit me or, well, I'm wasting time and energy not thinking on the right stuff so my mindset when I'm fighting I'm never thinking about this guy's going to come and hit me I'm thinking how am I going to dismantle this man wow right how am I going to win it's yeah. about me winning. This guy's an obstacle in my way. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I know I'm going to get hit. I know I may get cut. I know I may break bones. I've had all of that happen to me. But the 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 key's winning and finding out how to win. I'm not that fighter that goes and sits down and puts the tail over my head and, yeah. and the you know, the pump-up music and – you know, my brain loves the chaos. I'm out saying g'day, blah, blah, blah. But then when yeah. it's time to go, it's time It's time to go. Mate, we're not trying to turn you into a philosopher here, but I find this absolutely <laughs> fascinating, pal, <laughs> you know, because what you're saying, and we need to preface this by saying you're saying this on behalf of Dane, right? Yeah. But you're saying the focus on both the attack and the defence for you was a little bit of a waste of time. The no. focus needs to be on moving forward in your life. It can be to you. It can be against you. Elaborate. So if I'm sitting there thinking, back to the tie boxing again. Yeah. If I'm sitting there going, what if he does this or what if he like, rah rah rah? I'm actually programming my brain. Yeah. To a scenario that hasn't even happened. Yeah. Mm. Right. I used to mentally when because those thoughts creep in. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. And any fighter will tell you there's always something knocking on the back door, trying to trying to drag you down. That's the half the fight. Yeah. Within yourself. So if you've got that in the background and you're thinking, and I used to go if I'd have those bad thoughts, I'd I'd close my eyes, and I'd envision ripping a page out of the um, <laughs> out of a book, scrunching it up. I'm doing it right now in my head. Yeah. yeah. And throwing that in the bin. Right? Yeah. 
And then I, that would trigger me to start thinking, okay, I need to attack his leg. That's I how you manage guard up. Yeah. You I, manage your mind by ripping the page out of the book, saying, yeah, mind, I don't want that page. Get out of Get here. Get rid of it. And, yeah. And, and it, um, I don't know where I got that, but uh, I threw it in, I'll throw it in the bin and then um, it would trigger me to start thinking positive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you start thinking positive and you're not, you're not thinking about, you're like, right, that's done. That was a ridiculous thought. Yeah. Um, now I'm thinking about this and you're doing that, that, that. And it takes you on, on the journey where you're supposed to be and you're yeah. programming your brain to do the right thing. Yeah. Rather than, you know, because you envision yourself getting knocked out. Or yeah, yeah. Envision him coming out, you know, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And if you're not, then you, you head straight into your job and you do the task you need to. Yeah. Mm. But Chip – Chip, are you hearing what, what I'm hearing? I think it's a great piece of advising. It's even though life is going to throw you blockages, even though it's going to sometimes throw curveballs and you can expect them, they're going to come. Mm, but to focus on them is not to be – is a, is a your detriment. Because you're not moving forward with your plan. You're not moving forward with your, your punches of life. You're not moving forward with the things that you need to do in order to make and create your life. Mm. Um, if you're focused on, wow, the problems could be around the corner, all the what ifs. Exactly, yeah. yeah. You're, uh, you're being tossed on the winds of those what-ifs. You're not controlling anything. I, I've heard the, 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 the similar metaphor of what you just described there with people on the top of the cliff just about to do the abseil. And the, and the instructor says, you know, put all your faith and weight in the rope and the harness and lean back. And people are screaming at the top because they're not prepared mm. to do it. And finally, bit by bit, they actually do it. They focus on the doing of it rather than the – yeah, the supposed what if of falling, what yeah. if I get injured, etc. They do it and then they start to walk down the cliff. They get down to the bottom. What do they all say, mate? Oh, that wasn't as bad yeah. as I thought it yeah. was going to be. Yeah. That was nowhere near what I thought it was going to be. You yeah. know? And I often remember the, 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 the metaphor we used to draw from those type of experiences. What are our emotional cliffs that we make up when we say, gee, this mm. is going to be tough. Oh, my God, what if she says this if I open up? And uh, you know, share a little bit of my heart. Um, you know, what, what happens if this is the response? And then, if you have the courage to go over the emotional cliff and actually say the things that need to be said, share a bit of your heart, share a bit of your real, real self. Nine times out of ten, my experience is the what if mm. doesn't appear. Mm. You know. Well- I wonder, like, it, can I, uh, Dick, I'll ask you first, if either of you can articulate this, because I think this is a really important piece just to, like, close this circuit. What is it about focusing on the doing of something? What is it about focusing on the act that makes it so much easier to then conquer those what-ifs? I feel I, 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 I've so. got a, 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 something to add to it, not, not to um, combat it at all. But the move forward focus on what you can do is an in the now action. Mm. Like, like, like it's, it's an in the now existence. The what if is hypothetical. Mm. <laughs> you know, you're focusing on, on something that is a purely hypothetical. You don't know how many punches your opponent's going to, to throw. We don't know what curveball's life is. I think the wonderful thing 
that you can train yourself, and this is where I want to come back to your training, your routines and your disciplines, it can actually prepare you to handle if the what-ifs become a reality, then you can actually train yourself in the way that you cope and respond mm. to the what ifs. So the routines and the disciplines, winning the mornings, winning the evenings, are in fact a way of building a hardiness or, or, or building a response mechanism so that you can cope. But when it actually comes to living the life, you don't focus on the hypothetical, the maybe. Mm. You've got to be focusing on the what to do? How do I move forward? You know, yeah. what's what are the punches I can throw today? What's the boldest thing that I can do? Mm-hmm. You know, the uh, the difference between uh, being prepared for those eventualities uh, and obsessing yeah. over those eventualities. Yeah. You know, like for how, to what degree did your defence? You know, your opponent was going to throw punches, mate. I think there was well, you'd hope they were going to throw punches. What are they doing in the ring, you know, with you? They were going to be they were going to show some aggression, right? So to what degree did your routines and disciplines without you focusing on it, but in fact mm. when it happened, actually prepare you to be able to handle and to cope with that situation? That's it. You when you when you're fighting, it's almost like you want to they call it flow state. Yeah, you you yeah. just want to be in in the zone, and it's like it's natural, yeah. it's instinctive, yeah. right? So that is where the discipline and the routines and the training and the repetition yeah. comes in. Hard, 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 hard. Yeah, and you you do what you need to do so that when you step into that ring, it's just it's it's uh what's second nature. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know you they're going to come at you aggressively. Yeah. Yeah. Some yeah. people don't come at you aggressively, yeah. and they sit back. You mm. gotta, you gotta mm. suss it all out. But yeah. by the time you get there, it's it's go time. You've disappointed me, mate. Because down there at Harry's on a Monday night, <laughs> mate, when I'm bloody punching my one two ones, one two, you know, the left left rip, right uppercut, etc. I thought I was in the flow. I've, I've knocked out many Pacquiao many times. <laughs> I pay cash money yeah, to watch that. I'll tell you what. I, you know, I've never had one punch thrown back at me. Yeah. <laughs> the punching bag doesn't do that, does it? Undefeated. <laughs> Chipster, guess what? This is an opportunity for you and I to talk about one of our favourite subjects, Nepal, Nepal and the Himalayas. Yeah, I got that uh, pre-trip excitement now. You know, the anticipation's not one of the best bits. When are we going? We're going April 3rd. April the 3rd. And we've got some people going to Everest Base Camp over 14 days, eight days there, yeah. six days back, and others at exactly the same time. The cool kids. We're going to Gokyo. Oh, mate, I'm so pumped. <laughs> you know, because you know, I thought we were going to Gokyo last trip and then we – and then we had to take these people to where they wanted to go. Um, but as, look, as much as I love Everest Base Camp, seen it, I am very keen for Gokio, mate. I, I'm just keen for the Himalayas because yeah, yeah, every yeah. time I walk into that environment, those mountains speak to me. They penetrate my soul, mm. but coupled with the beauty of Shering, Shering, yeah, our Sherpa good. Yoda uh, and his beautiful team. And of course, they're founded in incredible, wonderful Buddhism, Buddhism principles, mm. and the trilogy of that, mate. I don't know what it does to you, but I'll tell you what, mate, I come back a different person every time. Better person, I hope. You know, not as... What do you mean you hope? Right? <laughs> it's keeping you real burn. No, I mean, I love those guys. Now, 
preceding the Himalayas, of course, Kagendra. Yeah, it's one of our, it's the unique experience we offer. I mean, not many tours, if any, do something like this. We're going to yeah. take people to give them the opportunity to take a class at Kagendra Second Life School, um, which is the vocational school that we sponsor in Kathmandu. Yeah. One of their main missions is to educate and give opportunities to disabled yeah. children. Right? 600 of them now, Chip. 600 of them. Yeah, we yeah. should hasten to add not all of these are disabled children. Um, because Kagendra is such a, a renowned school now, you know, people just want to send their children here because of the quality of the education. And it's renowned because um, we had the opportunity after the earthquakes of 2015 yeah. to embark upon a project to build them a brand new school and in May 2022 that's what we walked into one of the more memorable days of my life to walk into that beautiful school Mm. and have that school assembly now we're leaving on April the 3rd and Chip for our listeners out there uh, we're asking you to invest in whatever airfare that you want and you've got choices dear people you just need to meet us in Kathmandu on April the 3rd and I can let you know now that there's an opportunity to to buy the rest of it, buy the whole experience for under $4,000 at the moment. And there so all they have to do is to get in contact with us. The website's nearly there, not quite. Nearly, But yeah. we just need them to take this phone number, all right? Yep. Now, you got a pen? No, you haven't got a pen. Go get yourselves a pen. Yeah, I'm giving you a few, bit of time. You got one? Yeah, you got it. Okay, here we go. Plus 61, 412. Nine eight two four four four. Replay the podcast if you want to hear that number again. And all you got to do is just text me, dear people, and say, "Hey, yeah. Bernie, I'm interested. Send me an information kit." Within twenty four hours, you'll have all the information that you could possibly need to make an informed decision about joining us. Chip, how much would we love to have some of our listeners on board? Oh, it'd be the best, and it's always a fantastic experience. The community and the walking the trail with other people. I mean, and the camaraderie. You yeah. feel like that's. Yeah. That's probably my uh, favourite part of this whole thing. And as we're walking towards Dingbo Shay from Pangbo Shay, which podcast do you think they'll say was the best, Chip? Oh, certainly mine. (laughs) (laughs) Mate, that was the wrong answer, you dude, Peach. Hey, Dane, let, let's switch topics, but I don't think it is a switch of topics in a, in, in a way, but blessed with a, a, a coffee conversation with, that I had with you the other day. Um, I, I, I found it ironic to be talking to this world champion fighter, and yet we got on to your, your family, and you alluded to it before, and you, mate, you didn't have to express your love for your, your, your two boys, right, when you had to say – can't, I, I need to read to them more. I, I want to be more of a dad to them, you know. But, mate, you spoke just so beautifully the other day about your, your connection and what your wife and your family means to you. Now, mate, I'm not trying to, you know, catch you out here or put you on the spot here, but I, I'd, I'd like you to talk about the connection that you have with your dear wife, you know, the, the, what she means to you, what love in the family actually means to you. Because for our listeners, the irony is he's a world champion fighter, yet now listen to how he talks about it. <laughs> yeah, I think there's love, love for wife and children. You yeah, know? Oh, I, I love my wife too, you know, the yeah, I can't even explain how much. Um, well, give it a go. I can't. <laughs> it's a podcast, uh, mate. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> uh, I, I, 
yeah, she, you know, she came into my life um, when I was training heavily in in the fight world. No idea. Think she just very active, very healthy. Um, yeah. Exercise, studying exercise science at uni, and came yeah. to the gym to do training. We started. Um, we started. She's she's been with me with no, through through nothing, through everything, and yeah. um, like I said before, there's a lot of mental uh, gymnastics that happen with the fight world. Yeah. Um, so yeah, she's been through me with everything. You know, nearly dying in Malaysia in a hospital. Um, you know, she's she's with me the whole time. Uh, you know, everything in my fight career, I I, I owe her. But she is so different to me. Yeah. Um, she's from a. She's very intelligent. Yeah. Um, she's <laughs> definitely she's very different from me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she, she's she's very intelligent. She's religious um, upbringing. Yeah. Um, very very gentle soul. Like, and she's truly the 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 um the the nicest person I've ever ever met. Yeah. Um. And yeah, I I just love her so much. She's so much. Um. Yeah, she's. I don't know. It's like a yin and yang. She's very quiet. That's fascinating. She's very quiet. I'm very outspoken and loud. Yeah. We just sort of fit each other very wow. well. Yeah. Um, I feel. Um, you know, I I'm a my. I've got ADD. You know, I'm a, I'm erratic, and I've got this and that. She she can combat that. Yeah. Um, you know, I I'm I'm a um. You know, I'm a little guy, but I'm pretty aggressive and angry sometimes. Yeah, yeah. She can combat combat that, and I'm yeah. better than anyone. Yeah. Um, yeah. She just trusts and believe me, and, and we're just going through um, everything that she doesn't have. I have. Yeah. You know, so we're just that perfect little that yin connection. And the yang. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's mm. it's very different. Like, well, I, I find you've almost given us a definition there of you know treasured love, mate. You know, like. Mm. I know I'm guilty at times of of looking for someone of like values or um, like activity. Yet you're actually saying no. It's actually part of her that actually complements what you don't have. Yeah, and vice you know, versa. And vice versa. Yeah. yeah. So I wasn't. You know. I think um, I wasn't looking for a partner or anything. That's also something. I think people sort of build what they really want and then go and um, enter into relationships. Turns out it wasn't really what they wanted or something and then that's where they split and carry on. But um, I value marriage. Um, I I value being a a father. Um, I've always wanted to be uh, a dad. Um, I grew up with a lot of kids and one of seven in in my family and I've been an uncle since I was a kid and been around babies. So I'm very paternal. For a for a um, man, mm. like I want to be at everything my kids do. Yeah, I I I've got this job because I can run my own diary. Yeah, I'm flexible. It's my own business. Yeah, so I can be there for my kids. Yeah, um, I want to be. Yeah, um, that's just how I am, and my wife's the same. Yeah, so um, mm. we've got this strong family unit first. Yeah. Um, and we're just yeah, we're building our lives together. and We're loving it. Do you value being a husband? Like you Love said, it. you value yeah. being a dad. Yeah, you know? no, that's what I mean. I, yeah. I, I forgot to say that too. <laughs> <laughs> I value being. Don't a worry, husband. I rescued Don't you. Worry, mate. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah, no, I, I do. I value being a husband. I love being her husband. Yeah, um, and then you know what I mean. I love uh, 
yeah, having her as my wife and, yeah. mm. and this little family. Yeah. Um, you know, we're building a business, you know, building assets and properties and, you know, my kids are growing up now. Yeah. I get to, um, you know, I'm taking them overseas next year to Europe. Yeah. I get to do heaps of cool mm. stuff that I feel that's – people th- think, you know, you're this – you were put here to be this – I was put here to be their dad and mum and yeah. husband. yeah. Like yeah, that that's yeah. me first. That's mm. truly me. Um, the fighting and, and that's me as well. But I truly um, I'm here to be their dad. You see, I, I I hear something in addition to that. You know, you say the fighting as well. Is it the fighting or is it the routine, the the, the disciplines, the journey that you experienced is is what you were meant to experience. It's almost as if the fighting was just the expression of it all. Yeah, maybe. You know, and all of that then comes harnessed with you now as a man, as a husband, as a father, um, to add even more value, not only to your life, of course, but to her life and, and their life, uh, reference to your boys. Uh, mm. And I've got a little girl too. Oh, yeah, apologies, yeah, mate. Yeah. I, I missed that one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Complete the sentence, mate. Greatest gift my wife's ever given me. Love. What is love? What's her love? What does her love look like? Oh. What is her? Three words. Off the top of your head, what does her love look like? Um, Don't think, Dane. <laughs> uh, her love looks like it's affectionate. Yeah. Um, warm. Yeah. And, yeah, loving. I, I don't know another word for, for, for loving. <laughs> yeah, my, my, my wife's, um, yeah, brilliant mother, uh, very good values, you know, Ed, educated she's the she's the complete package of yeah, like, yeah. like uh, she's beautiful yeah, um, she's, yeah she's so, uh, she's quite easy on the eyes yeah, yeah so you know um i can't i can't sing her any more praise the I, value I, yeah. you see to her of her religious connection w- yeah. what value do you as you watch her she what's her, the value of her religious connection to her what i love about her and her family, yeah, uh, super religious, like, yeah. like very religious upbringing. Um, I see strength, right. resilience. Yeah. Like my wife's never said a swear word in her life. Wow, man! Yeah, you know, she's never given. And she's never chucked you out. No, <laughs> yeah, you're you're handling that. It's like, again, yeah. it's what she it's does. The what she the does she doesn't have. need to. Yeah, it's she, the end and the end. Um, but, Balanced but, but that's, that's that's strength. You know yeah. what I mean? That's discipline. Yeah. She, she's you know she's got values that she inherently has and sticks to like mm. you know she doesn't drink and carry like carry on these things that are, are foreign to other people yeah you know and they think oh she's she's so perfect and so she that's her values mm. that's it's, what she wants to do it's one you share too that's honesty to self right yeah on honest i think you can tell yeah because of everything dk's talked about today i mean honesty is one of the yeah. foundation stones of your personality for sure yeah <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dane, I'm enjoying um, this like one word answer um, type yep. concept okay. or, you know, one sentence uh, yeah, gotcha. answer, you know, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> speed round. As, as we head towards closing, what's been just great, mate. What's great, the irony for me is speaking to someone who's been a world champion fighter whose purpose was to get in the ring and knock the bugger out, <laughs> you know. 
And yet, I think there is so much value in learning from your journey. You know, I'm, I'm going to take away the, the power of routine and the understanding of routine, the concept of winning the mornings and, and, and winning the evenings, um, how to enter into life not recognising that life has the, re, has the right to throw punches, but irrespective of that, the what-ifs are hypothetical. These are all great learnings, you know, that we take from this podcast. So I'm just going to throw at you a, a couple of questions, right? And your job, mate, is first things that come to mind, you just you just say them. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. Gotcha. Um, when fear arises, it is an opportunity to what? To combat it, to win. To win. What do you learn by combating fear? You, you need that to win. If, you, if you're not f- fearing the outcome, yeah. then you, you, I don't think the purpose is there. What's the benefit and value of fear? Fear can, it can be your best uh, friend or your worst enemy. If you let fear take over, it's yeah. like an inferno. Yeah. But if you can identify it and use it, then you become the inferno. Chip, I'm including you. What are you hearing when he gives a definition of the value of fear as being your best friend, but it also can be your worst enemy? What are you hearing? Uh, I'm hearing how important it is to be able to recognize useful fear, yeah. uh, reasonable fear, yeah. as opposed to just anxiety. Yeah. You know, yeah. and if if you're able to do that, then you're able to harness that because this is. That, that kind of fear is telling you that something that really matters is at stake yeah. and that's what gives you the fuel. Is it important go to battle. not to be afraid of fear? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You, you've got to embrace it. It's part of life. Salutations, my fellow wanderers in this garden of introspective delights. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I couldn't let what Dane just said pass by without injecting this little loaded question. Now, Dane said we shouldn't be afraid of fear. We have to embrace fear. It's part of life. And that's simple, but it's profound to me as well, because fear is part of life every day. And it's a powerful emotion. So why not embrace that power? The problem is, obviously, fear can be a crippling force as well as motivating force. So here's the question. What are your useful fears? What are the fears that will drive you instead of pinning you to the spot? Give you an example. I have a great fear of doing a bad job. And I don't find this particularly useful. It's typically just a cause of procrastination for me. So it can be a real struggle for me to say, begin writing a screenplay. Now, I also have a fear of letting other people down. And I find this one a bit more useful because what I can do, what I've realized I can do, and I tried this recently and it worked famously, is I can tell someone, usually an actor, that I'm writing something for them. So now in my mind, I've brought them onto the project. I owe it to them to follow through. And the fear of letting them down, that matters far more to me than the fear of doing a bad job. And that gets my fingers on the keyboard, Ricky Tick. So that's my useful fear. What's yours? What would you do if you knew you could not fail? What would you do today if you knew 
you could not fail. You know what? I wouldn't change anything. I'll just keep going on, on the route I'm on. Wow. If, I, if I couldn't fail, then the track I'm going is going to be exactly how I envision it anyway. So yeah, bring yeah. it on. See, had you given me an answer, the next question would be, why aren't you doing it? Yeah. <laughs> Short circuit of that one, didn't he? Gotcha. Gotcha. Seeky <laughs> little right cross there. In your, in your opinion, and that's where it stays, what defines... A good man. What defines a good man? I think a um, a good man, someone that is constantly trying to better himself. Yeah. Right, and develop. Yeah. Um, takes care of their wife, family, um, and you know, children. Yeah. Um, and and provide. I, I feel like I'm I'm a bit old school. I feel that um, you know. I have to provide, I have to be that warrior for my family. Yeah. Um, so to me, that's constant movement, mm-hmm. and constant development. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I think a strong man, someone that takes responsibility for their actions first and foremost, yeah. because then you're not making excuses. Yeah. Um, someone that provides and for their family um, and is around for their kids yeah. and their wife. Yeah. Honest man. Honest man. Just it's pretty simple. Um, yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's pretty simple. It's just hard to do for some mm. people, I guess. What is ego? Ego is something that I feel can be confused with confidence. I think it's the evil twin to confidence. Elaborate. Mm. If you're confident, um, and you're confident in your ability. And you're doing something, that's confidence. That's yeah. that's that's all right. And it's ego, all right to express it's that. A, it's, it's okay to express that. Mm. Ego is when you have a lot of that confidence going in the right way. Yeah. Um, and you probably let it alter how you affect and, and ego can be your worst enemy. Yeah. Um, but confidence can be your best mate. How do you recognize when ego is dominating mm. and therefore deluding your confidence that is it's telling you uh more than what you are um i feel when the action's not being done when there's a lot of talk and there's no action yeah i feel the ego's Mm. taken over yeah um and then what comes from that is they hang on their ego or their past previous achievements Mm. um and not going forward to so yeah so that's that's good yeah that's good how can you prick an inflated ego get around the right people if you're around the right people your ego gets checked we we'd call it at once again at psych and wealth (laughs) (laughs) um we call it we and we do it it's a great environment i love i love what we've built but um we we call it chin checking yeah so Mm. you know and it could be anything Mm. you could come in with you know, some business socks that are a bit too Larry. <laughs> no chin- such thing as too Larry business socks. You'll no. get chin checked, or or, um, right. or if you're, you know, whinging about, you know, X Y Z that we need to do in the process. Yeah. And you know, we'll we'll chop each other down straight yeah, away. Yeah. But it's all with no malice. Yeah. It's all with with heaps of love. Yeah. But we want to all perform at a high level. Yeah. And when you're Performing at a high level, level, your ego can inflate, but it's having those right people around you 
to prick mm. it, to stop yeah, it because, yeah, yeah. you know, everyone, if you've got a huge ego, you're just a dickhead. Yeah. You know, so if you've got people around yeah. going, hey, mate, um, Maybe maybe simmer down there a little bit. <laughs> then it, I think it's important. That's great. That's great. Because a great. lot of people with ego, just going back to the fight world again, mm. they surround themselves with people that they can, they can be that ego. That, that, no, mm. that, that that accept their ego. Yeah, um, and that happens in life as well. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's it. Can be it. Can be. Um, it can be your worst enemy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I reckon confidence serves others. Ego just serves the self. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Good one. yeah. 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 You can but I also, I also <laughs> love that you, 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 you mentioned that real confidence can only be exhibited through your actions. It's communicated. Yeah, through mm. your action. Yeah. So, if your ego is 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 spruiking something greater than the action inspired by real confidence, then you've got a problem. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you an example of um, someone with confidence yeah. at the highest level in the fight world. Yeah. But ego is always in check. Yeah. And that's um, Manny Pacquiao. Yeah. And oh, that, yeah. this, the, the, mm. in, in saying that, there's yeah. 90% of people, fighters yeah. at the top level, yeah. they don't have egos yeah. at all. To, to what extent did Muhammad Ali have ego versus confidence? He's his confidence because he's yeah. backing it up. Yeah. He, he would say he'd do something and then he'd go and do it. That's confidence. Ego is saying that you're going to do it and you, you don't do it and you start making excuses why. yeah. Right, he never made any excuses. No, he, he backed himself, yeah. and he was confident in, yeah. in his ability, and it works. That's but that's, the showmanship of it all. I don't think was ego. It was actually performance and he's entertainment. A, he's a performer. Mm. He knew his role. Yeah. <laughs> in not only in the fight game, but I think eventually he actually saw that the fight game that he was in actually allowed him to be a global influence. Mm. Well, Dane, this has been a, um, a wonderful episode, a wonderful discussion. Made so many take-home pays. I mean, Chip, you're going to be overloaded here. Oh, mate, <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> Your take-home pay is only supposed to be four minutes, mate. It's, yeah, well, it's we, been lengthening. Yeah, and yeah, <laughs> we need to change that. We know it's, um, there's too much false advertising going on now. But, Dane, we thank you ever so much. And, dear listeners, I, I do hope that you've really, really embraced this particular episode. How fascinating that we could be speaking with a world champion fighter and yet also be learning so much about the game of love, happiness and joy and uh, creating confidence and substance within self. Chip, if you had one take-home pay right now, please, mate, off the top of your head, what would it be, mate? You've got to build your resilience. Without that, uh, really, you can't have anything else. Yeah, yeah. God, that's a Tim Alexander um, mm. message again um, arising. I've loved the fact that that has arisen in the last few weeks. Yeah. That, yeah to love, to spread the love, but without um, knowing how to handle the inevitable blockages. Someone's mm. going to be throwing punches back, mate. Life's going to be exactly. doing it. If you haven't got the coping skills, well, then guess what? We are we're limited in what we can exactly. spread and give to the world. Exactly. And I would also say to uh, the, you know, we talked a lot about dis 
discipline. And one of the things that I personally found so useful about discipline in my life is it shows you, it shows you yourself that you can get it done. Yeah, yeah. Know? And that's what reinforces gives, exactly your yeah. own value. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 Cheers to your listeners. Glad you joined us. Hope you enjoyed this episode. I know you did. We've absolutely loved it. Can't wait to deliver another one to you. It's just around the corner, dear people. You have been a part of A A Journey Journey with with Bernie Bernie and... Bing. <laughs> Mate, that's the bit, last time bit, I'm bit. over Bing now. <laughs> Cheers to your listeners. Love Cheers, you all. Guys. Speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Well, good people, what did you think of that? I don't know about you, but I just loved it. But I continue to love these stories and these journeys of people's lives that can give to us strategies and actions and routines and and disciplines and ways of seeing the world, all of which can help us to become more loving human beings, happier ones too. And listening intently is the chipster, Chip Lachlan Huddy, our editor and producer. And as promised, he's about to deliver Chip's take-home pay, a four-minute summary of all the goodness and the gold that we just heard over the last hour. Hey, take it away, Chip. Thanks, Bern, and thank you, listeners, you resplendent jungle cats, for joining me for another edition of Chip's Take Home Pay. And surely, in the wake of Dane, Daddy Cool Beecham, we have to talk about discipline and chaos. Life is chaotic. The kids get sick, the weather turns foul, you tweak your shoulder at Krav Maga training. So rather than let that chaos derail us, how do we embrace it, as Dane recommended? And we should pay attention to the language he used, embrace, not control. Chaos is life's natural state. You're asking too much of yourself, trying to control it, because life is trillions of forces, and only one of those forces is in your head and putting your needs first. So I reckon that's the first step. Let's relinquish our attachment to controlling the chaos of life. Let's focus instead on embracing it. But I don't think you can embrace chaos unless you've first brought order to yourself. Remember what Dane said about bad thoughts creeping in and how he'd imagine ripping a page out of a book in his head and tossing it away. How'd he put that? Programming your mind to do the right thing. Now, he was talking about visualization there, but I really think this applies to something else we were talking about this episode, and that's, yes, routines. Routines are so powerful because they bring a sense of control, not over life, but over yourself. They program your mind to do the right thing. And if you run that program, practice that routine over a long enough time span, that sense of control over yourself becomes ingrained. It becomes resilient. And a resilient, ingrained sense of control is what? Discipline. Let me tell you a quick story. A few years ago, a friend came to me. This guy's a bodybuilder. Uh, One of his side hustles was selling weight training programs and eating plans to go along with them. He wanted some promo videos done. I wanted biceps like his. I said, don't pay me. Just give me a program of yours for free. So he did. Six-week training program, six-week nutrition program. But what had he really given me there? A routine. 
And I reckon this was particularly powerful because I didn't have to think about a thing. I didn't need to construct that routine myself. I just had to follow it to the letter and I did. Never ate anything off plan. If I missed a training day, I made up for it later in the week. I stuck to it for a solid six weeks. The fat melted off me. The muscle come on. Not nearly as much as my bodybuilder mate, but you know. Got a few looks from the girls at my wife's pony club meetings, if I do say so myself. And I do say so myself. But here's the funny thing. I was getting far more done in every single area of my life. I was excelling at my new job. The managers told me so. They told me how impressed they were with me. I was shooting more films than ever. I was writing more. I was learning more. And the reason why all this was happening was twofold. One, because I was doing everything I told myself that I would do. And two, I was handling every unexpected roadblock that life threw in my way. And the reason that I could now do this was because by following that routine, by ensuring the actions of that routine got done by hook or by crook, and sometimes it was by crook, guys. Sometimes I was in the gym at 3.30 a.m. after working a closed shift just to get it done. But by doing that, I had built discipline. And what I found out was that discipline is all-encompassing. It didn't just apply to the gym or to the kitchen. I could bring it to bear on anything I wanted. And here's where we skin it to the bone, guys. Here's why discipline is so powerful. I think people see discipline as something rigid and constraining, something restrictive. But it's the opposite. Discipline is liberation from the fear of not being able to cope with chaos because discipline guarantees action regardless of the circumstances which might arise. Discipline is what turns you into your own greatest ally. Discipline makes you the kind of person who you can always rely on. And all of this for the price of committing to a simple routine. Now that sounds like a bloody good deal, doesn't it? So here's the action plan, Jungle Cats. Step one, pick a simple goal. And here's the important thing. Needs to be something that will bring you joy. Not something you think you should do, but something that you actually want to do, but is perhaps a bit difficult. That's why you've stumbled up till now. Maybe you want to lose five kilos of fat. Maybe you want to save enough money for a holiday. Maybe you want to attain enlightenment. Whatever. Pick a simple goal. Step two, find a routine that will take you to that goal. Now, I'll be a bit contentious here and say, don't construct the routine yourself. Okay, too much mental bandwidth. The only work you should be doing is in executing that routine. So do what Bernie and I do and ask for help. Now, maybe you don't know anyone who can help you with your routine. Fine. That's what Google's for. Google how to whatever your goal is and then stick the word routine on the end. See what comes up. Now, there'll be a lot. Don't get paralyzed by choice. Look no further than the first two search pages. Two is all I'm giving you. From those two pages, pick the routine that looks the easiest to you. Step three, head down, bum up, execute that routine religiously for how long? Well, unfortunately, the research on cementing a routine is scant. So we'll have to rely on anecdote, my jungle cats. Six weeks 
worked for me. Sounds a bit daunting, I know, but it should be challenging in some regard, I think. So they should take it seriously. So I'm throwing down the gauntlet. Aim for six weeks. Step four, final point, and I think this is really important. When the routine gets thrown out, and it will, chaos will come. When the routine gets thrown out, get back on the horse as quickly as possible. If you miss meditation in the morning, make time for a session in the evening. If you miss legs day on Tuesday, move legs day to that rest day you had on Friday. You don't have to be perfect but you should be ruthless in ensuring the actions of the routine are completed somehow, even if it's imperfect because obstacles have gotten in the way. Because in prioritizing the routine, regardless of obstacles, you train yourself to work with the obstacles, around the obstacles, between the obstacles. Or to put it another way, you train yourself to embrace the chaos. All right, that's all from me, beautiful people. I'm Chip Huddy. This has been Chip's Take-Home Pay, and I do hope you found some pay worth taking home. As always, my friends, Auf Wiedersehen. Ah, uh, that was gold, dear people. That was Lachlan Huddy and Chip's Take-Home Pay. Simple strategies, aren't they? Just humble suggestions taken specifically from this episode. And you know, and I know that if we implement them into our lives, just going to help us to be happier, a more beautiful human being and a more loving one at that. And who doesn't want that happening in their lives? Oh, dear people, I do hope this episode of A Journey with Bernie had a positive impact upon you. I can't wait to deliver the next one. Hey, it's just around the corner. Please enjoy this journey of life. Embrace this journey. And in the meantime, dear people, just remember this. <laughs>